shift gears. I want to talk energies and some of those inflationary pressures they've been adding to. Let's bring in our first guest this morning. Matt Smith joins us, lead oil analyst, America's at Kepler. Matt, good to have you with us. Welcome. Uh, the report this morning, the Saudis could increase production should Russia output decline significantly, I guess, leads me to the question, do they have the spare capacity to do so? That is up for debate, Ben. So, so even if you just look at their exports for May, we've seen them pull back by about 400,000 barrels per day. What we've got is them going into the, the summer there, extremely high temperatures. They typically do direct burn. Uh, for power generation there. And so at a time when they are still able to put more oil onto the market, export more barrels, which surely they would want to do so when oil prices are $115, et cetera, they are still not increasing exports. And so if they're unable to do it at this point here, it seems unlikely that they're going to be able to step up and fill the gap that would be left by Russia, which, let's be honest, would be sizable. Uh, uh, there is talk uh, they, they may be saying that the UAE may well be able to to help too, but this may only be very incremental. It's not going to be able to do it by a huge amount. Uh, Matt, we're having a little bit of choppy audio here. I apologize for that, but um, uh, let me just uh, work on that for a second here. But the question I have, I guess, as we uh, uh, try and figure that out real quick, can you talk to me in terms of uh, OPEC on a whole? Because we're also waiting to hear from them today, expected to provide a modest increase. Yes, absolutely. So they're just going to stay the course. Here. And so we have the JM meeting coming up, uh, and typically they have that the, the day before, but they're having it just before the actual meeting today. And so it just shows that it's going to be very quick. They're going to stay on target here, and there really isn't going to be any change coming from OPEC. So the next uh, sort of roadmark that we have is going to be coming up at the end of September uh, when they will reassess their uh, unwinding the production cut deal or putting other parameters in place. Uh, but for now, it doesn't seem that there's going to be any change. Matt, talk to us about uh, what we're seeing in terms of gas prices to record highs. I just mentioned RBOB, the futures up to 410 yesterday. We're seeing prices at the pump, some buck uh, 60 plus, I think it was, compared to where we were this time last year, a 50% increase. I mean, this uh, ultimately at the root of many of those inflation concerns. And the reason we're seeing President Biden kind of scramble right now to, uh, well, he's talking to refiners, trying to increase supplies. And I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, as we just pointed out, speaking to the Saudis as well, looking for further uh, production increases there. Yeah, Ben, there's, there's very little that the Biden administration can do, really. Their biggest shock was with the SPR release. They're releasing mm -hmm. those 180 million barrels, you know, from the beginning of May until the end of October there. They've already announced the, the, the waiver for ethanol. Um, and so that's one tool that they've had. They've also been talking about uh, federal and state tax holidays. And indeed, some states are already implementing those. So we just had New York in the last day or so come out and say about that. Um, but in terms of econ uh, the economics of refineries coming back, you haven't had these refineries come back in the last year or so because it just isn't financially viable for them to do so. And so regardless of the pressure that the Biden administration is going to put onto uh, the certain companies, they're not going to be willing to restart these refineries. So one of three things really kind of happens here, Ben. 
either refinery runs really increase from the refiners that, that are currently running, uh, we see imports increase, which is kind of challenging given how tight global markets are, or we see prices rise to the point mm. where we start to see demand destruction coming in to push those prices lower again. But to your point, in terms of where we are on the national average, we're up to 472 this morning, up from 467 okay. yesterday. Okay. Diesel's even higher, it's over $5.50 a gallon there. And so we're seeing these prices creeping up. We're starting to see demand destruction creeping in as well. So we're off a couple of hundred thousand barrels a day versus you know, year ago levels. But at the same time too, we still see refinery runs versus a pre-pandemic five-year average down about 300,000 barrels per day. And so even though we may see demand pull back a little bit, we may not necessarily mm. see stocks filled. So it, it's it's really a bit of a quandary. We've seen gasoline inventories draw by 30 million barrels since late January at a time when really you should see them holding up or even ticking slightly higher. So that's why we're seeing that record crack spread coming through. So if we see demand destruction, but refineries not pulling or continuing to uh, keep at current levels, even with the demand destruction, if they pull back, then ultimately we could be talking about the latter of the three options you provided, which continues to point towards higher prices, still sort of uh, creating that, again, demand destruction there. But let's talk a little bit about um, uh, what you're seeing in terms of the recent decision on behalf of the EU, this sort of, uh, well, kind of added to the pressures that we've seen or at the very least supported prices i guess the question here being does the fact that it's a phased in kind of process where they're uh cutting themselves off from that uh, dependency to russian oil ultimately is it the fact that it's phased in kind of ease the pressures or the blow uh the impact that it had on the market yes uh, that's totally fair, Ben. Uh, and what we've learned in the last three months is that if you don't have an embargo or sanctions in place, companies and countries are still going to take that crude. And so that's what we've seen. So you have uh, EU27 uh, still taking about 1.2, 1.3 million barrels a day of Russian crude. And so that's what's going to be, need to be replaced by the end of the year. Okay. That said, we shouldn't expect them to do that tomorrow, indeed next month. They're going to probably wait until that very last moment to do that, uh, given the track history we've seen over the last few months here. And so that impact is going to happen later in the year. They've been given that breathing room. At the same time, too, Russia has also been given the breathing room to find alternative sources uh, to be able to send that crude to. And so that's very much more of this, uh, this drip effect there, what we're going to see. They're obviously starting to pull in other barrels as well into Europe. So they're pulling from West Africa, from a little bit from the US, from Latin America, finding these alternative sources. But we're not going to see this massive switch until late in the year. Matt, you know, I can remember times uh, we've had discussions about crude and we've looked at the WTI versus the Brent, I think uh, upwards of a $10 spread, even more at times. But now the two are very closely uh, tied. You've got the WTI, if we pull this chart on the left at 114, you've got the Brent here right now at 115. So just a dollar spread. I looked the other day, I think it was like 25, 50 cents spread. What is that narrow margin telling us? It's telling us a few things, Ben. The first thing it's telling us is that the Cushing inventories are getting low. We've seen them dipping back lower again to sort of 30 million barrels here. And so when you get Cushing inventories dropping, that's when you start to see that spread tightening as well to essentially incentivize those barrels to stay in Cushing and not get pulled to the U.S. Gulf Coast. 
what it is also telling us as well is that there is demand for the US barrels. And so those, as long as the spread is around $3, which as you mentioned there, it kind of is, that incentivizes those crude exports. And that's why it stays so narrow because we're seeing on any given day over 3 million barrels a day of US crude leaving the US, heading to Europe, heading to Asia, heading elsewhere. And so it's become more of a global benchmark the more that US crude is leaving shores here. Matt, finally, talk to us about natural gas. I keep thinking about with elevated price pressures like this, we're in the summer season. What happens as we start to head into the fall for Europe and ultimately into the winter and we talk about heating uh, homes again with prices remain elevated, natural gas up around $8, $9 here? Yeah, so so in, in terms of Europe, they've actually been doing really rather well in terms of replenishing those stocks. And so they're up over 40% in terms of that capacity now. Uh, down from the, the multi-year lows we were seeing in the 30s in, in April. And so that's a good thing, but they need to stay on that trajectory here. Europe at the moment is going through its lowest period of, of power generation uh, from a seasonal basis. So this is the time where it really needs to pile those, uh, those natural gas uh, uh, molecules into its storage. And that's what we're seeing. Uh, we're seeing record flows of LNG going in there from, from all, all manner of places, but you know, from the US particularly. Uh, and so that is helping, but they need to stay on that course. Otherwise, as you say, when they get to the fall, when they get into winter, they're going to be in a real predicament otherwise. So that's, that's the good news that those, those storages are filling up. In terms of the US, yeah, we're getting close to $9 an MMBTU here. You know, obviously, it's going to very much depend in the lap of God, the gods in terms of, of hurricanes. There's a few kind of skirmishes mm -hmm. already on the map uh, just today. Uh, inventories are, are below the last year's level by sort of 17.6% down versus the five-year average. We've got near record LNG exports as well. And so you really need production to kind of push on here. Otherwise, the U.S. is going to be at a deficit, but still see those record exports uh, being pulled out because benchmarks are higher in Europe and higher in Asia as well. As always, Matt, a, a complex environment uh, to keep an eye on here. The fundamentals oftentimes are overwhelming when you're talking energies, but a great breakdown. And I appreciate you helping us sift through a handful of uh, uh, what's behind recent price activity. Matt Smith, lead oil analyst, America's at Kepler.